And welcome to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. Also, if you have any questions about today's program or maybe a program from the past or maybe an, uh, maybe a subject that you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, please contact me by email at SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. That's SaturdayMorningDanBrown at Yahoo.com. Again, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Also, if you would like a free Bible, please, again, send your name and your address to Saturday Morning Dan Brown at Yahoo.com, and I will send you a Bible free of charge. I commit to you that I won't use your information for anything other than to get it, that Bible mailed out to you. And also, I'd like to thank all of you for your questions and your comments. And I really do uh, appreciate your encouragements uh, week after week. It really means so much to me. Um, I'm very passionate about what we do here at Saturday morning. I, I love bringing the gospel to you. And so I, I just uh, want to thank you for those questions, you know, those comments, encouragements. And please keep sending them in. Today is our final uh, series part of the divine disadvantage. This is our kind of our final segment of of that. And so I would like to, you know, really kind of just round out the end of this uh, series that which has basically been the Sermon on the Mount. We so often read the Sermon on the Mount and, you know, it's very poetic and beautiful and we see all these different things and, um, you know, it's uh, quite interesting, but there is so, so much more to it that um, people do not realize. And um, I, I think it's very important to take our time going through and allow the Holy Spirit to open up our hearts, allow God to let us see the depth and breadth of what Jesus was saying on the Sermon on the Mount. And there is so really much to it, sometimes called the Beatitudes. And where we had left off on last week's segment, we had really been talking about judging. That 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 was a big part of how we began to come to the end of this particular series that we have been sharing because judging is something that that's happening all the time. People pointing out other people's flaws and, you know, telling them advice about what they should be doing with this and that. And so often in relationship to faith, um, it had become to a, a crisis crucial point of where it felt as though when you're seeing some people, um, like, you know, you got to get rid of your sin before God's going to be dealing with you. You can't, you can't come here in this form or fashion. And in studying the scriptures, we know that's not the case. Come to me, come to me. Jesus meets us where we're at in our sin. And he knows, and the whole idea 
of the crucifixion and Jesus giving his life for us on the cross was the fact that we do not have the strength to overcome this sin that we somehow believe we do. We can mask it. We can do all kinds of things. But the reality is, is that God has sent his son and allowed him to pay this price that we all should have paid. Um, but Jesus came and took and became the sacrificial lamb in our place, which is really quite an incredible thing. It wasn't something that was haphazard. You know, God knew this from the creation of the earth. Uh, when the universe, God put his plans into motion. This isn't something that took our creator by surprise. You know, uh, God is the most wonderful an architect and engineer that you could ever imagine. Um, how much intricacy he has put into the universe and into the planets and into the earth where, where he made for us to be and dwell. Um, until he calls us home. It's just such an amazing thing. And then to actually look at the human body itself, the intricacy of it, is just incredible. And uh, when we step back and really take an honest look at creation and what's around us and our own human body, to deny that somehow this came from some random explosion of chemicals and particles that came together that formed this beautifully designed system that we are uh, is almost ludicrous. But um, where we left off, we were kind of wrapping up on the part of, of judging and how serious that is when we're judging other people. And Jesus says basically to us, just a recap of our, our previous week, was Jesus basically says, don't judge others because if you do, it will be measured back to you exactly as you have judged. And I would ask you, which of us would dare to stand before God and say, Lord, judge me as I have judged my fellow humans. Would we dare do that, knowing that how flawed we are in our thinking and and what we know about the people that we're pointing fingers at? And this is a I talked about the subject at length because I I've seen it so often. Us as believers, following this path of faith, fall into these things, and. You know, I would say we've often judged other people as sinners. And if God has judged us like that, um, you know, we're in the way of destruction. We're, we're, we're not going to be here any longer. What is there for us if we conduct ourselves in that way? And so the idea and the understanding is, is that God judges us through the marvelous atonement of Jesus Christ. And that is what is so important to us, is that the idea when God's people, the Israel of old, as they had all these Levitical laws and things that they were given to them, that were a foreshadow of things that would come into the future. Because God certainly had explained to them that the sacrificing of a lamb and a bull and all these kinds of things really didn't take away the sins of men. It couldn't. But it was a repetitive process foreshadowing the time when there would be 
a sacrificial lamb. And the expectation was that that sacrificial lamb that they were so often repeating and hopefully that repetitive process would uh, make sure that they didn't miss when the Messiah came on the scene. Um, but obviously we see from historical text that uh, when the Messiah did come on the scene, that pride and jealousy and envy uh, took them over, understanding that this was God's son, making such uh, terrible judgments and accusations about the healings that Jesus was performing, healing the blind and the deaf, uh, the lame. And then the culmination of those things was raising the dead. And the, the pride had set so deep in their heart and blinded those in religious leaders in authority that they thought, if we're going to lose our position. And so we got to get rid of this guy. And there were people, there were, there were real good, uh, voice of consciousness saying, listen, this can't be done by the devil. This can't be done by evil. What this man is doing, this can only be done by God. So be careful. You know, we've had people rise up and they've come and, and they've gone away. But if you're not careful, you were going to find yourself opposing the very God who you claim to serve. And so, again, I want to remind you that we, that we often judge other people as sinners. And if we had God, if God was, was going to judge us in that way as though we were judging others, um, we would be out of existence. We would be destroyed. We would be facing the penalties of all the biblical descriptions of what those who run afoul uh, of God. That's what we would be in jeopardy of. But thank you, Lord, God judges us through the marvelous atonement of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for that kindness and understanding. And so as we move through this segment, uh, first segment of today's program, which is the, not the final program, obviously, of our biblical discussions, because there's endless discussions that we can have to bring to enlightenment. But the idea behind what we're doing in this one-hour program is hopefully to begin the process of continued study and continued discussions so that you can look deeper and you can reach and seek God in the most intimate way. Because after all, that's what God is seeking to have with us. We're not just following some written principles of a man long dead and buried and whose body has disintegrated back into the earth. We are following the living breathing son of God who sits at the right hand of the father until he makes his enemies his footstool. And of that we have a promise. And so our whole goal is to continue to encourage each other to develop that intimate relationship with our Savior. We're going to take a short break, and you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. Please 
Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Locally owned and up. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, welcome back this fine Saturday morning. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in and taking the time to listen to our program. If you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past, please contact me at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And if you would like a free Bible, again, send me your name and your address and contact me by email at Saturday Morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Again, it's so wonderful to read your encouragements week after week. I just want to thank you so much for doing that. We are in our second segment of this Saturday morning on the divine disadvantage. And this is segment five. It's been five weeks of this great, great study on the Sermon on the Mount. There is just so much to it. And um, and there's more than I can share even in this five sets of series. So essentially so far I've shared with you about five hours of information on the Sermon on the Mount. I think it's incredible. Some of it sounds repetitive, but it's repetitive in the sense that there are important things that we gloss over. There are important things that we read and we read so fast we go, wow, that is really pretty. But we actually missed the depth and the breadth of what Jesus was saying to us. And so we need to allow the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and our soul and our minds to the depth of what Christ was sharing in these beautiful, beautiful sayings. Many people will just say, oh, they're such wonderful, beautiful sayings. I'm I'm so encouraged by them. And yes, you can be all that. But there is so much more to sink in. There is so much more, like the best meal you can eat, and you take it in and you digest it, and it nourishes you, and it makes you healthy. And that is so encouraging about these wonderful words that God has had these inspired men to put down on our behalf so that we could see what Jesus said and what Jesus did. But it goes much further than that because the relationship is not with the words on the page. The relationship is the word which is alive because Jesus was the word. And in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so that's the relationship with the living, breathing, alive Jesus Christ who is in the heavens sharing Wonderful, sharing the Holy Spirit as he said to the apostles when he was being taken into heaven. I'm going to send you the comforter who is going to teach you all things. So as we continue in today's second segment of today's program of the divine disadvantage, part five, I'm very excited because uh, we're about to dive into Matthew chapter seven, verses three through five. And so as we talk about, we're talking about judging, you know, God judges us through the marvelous atonement of our Savior. Now, when it comes to pointing out the defects of others, the helpful boldness of the average truth teller is often inspired by uh, 
the devil. Let's just say it that way. Is inspired by something that is is not good because we get lost in this judgy worldliness of thinking that uh, we can do this. And so uh, wickedness is evil-eyed over things he can criticize because the idea of what he wants to do is pull down, bring down, cut down, destroy, wipe out anything holy and godly. And so when we give him a opening, the tiniest bit of opening of darkness, we have to be very careful how much darkness we we don't realize what's actually enters in. And so we're all shrewd in pointing out the speck in our fellow believer's eye. You know where I'm going with this. Because it puts us in a superior position. Where do we find this characteristic? How do we get to this characteristic where we're criticizing and we're trying to take out the speck and, and elevate ourselves to this superior position? Do we find it in Christ? Never. Nowhere to be found. But the Holy Spirit works through the saints without our knowledge. It's not something that we're thinking, thinking, thinking. He works through us um, as light. And we're not always going to understand that. And so when we're hearing something shared and we just think that we might be criticizing, we're not really listening in the right way. The Holy Spirit can be in those that are sharing the gospel and hopefully are sharing, you know, if they're sharing the gospel with you um, and that discerning of the Holy Spirit, you're going to realize that wrong. The Holy Spirit is going to make you realize that wrong within you. That's the Holy Spirit's job, not mine and yours. And we've certainly, I don't want to say we exhausted the scriptures on those over the the, the previous program uh, from some previous weeks, but we certainly have talked about it at length because it's something that is happening all the time. And so we want to be very cautious of that. And so the last curse in our lives as believers is the person who becomes a providence to us. He's quite certain that we can't do anything without his advice. True, right? And if we don't heed it, he's sure we're going wrong and we're going in the wrong direction. But I will tell you that Jesus ridiculed that notion with terrific power with the scribes and the Pharisees. He called them hypocrites. Because the ones who were doing this criticizing were not helping in any way. He said, you laid down all these things, these, all these heavy burdens upon the masses and you don't do it. You don't even lift a finger to help them. And he goes on to say in all clarity, and you have to understand these were the religious leaders of the day that were highly looked up to. Uh, constantly venerated in, in amongst the population, sat at the best seats, sat at the high tables, ate the best foods, right? He said to them, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly 
to remove the speck from your brothers. Hypocrite. Think about it. He called them a hypocrite. What does that mean? What does it mean, hi- hypocrite? Literally, hypocrite means play actor. Mm, play actor. You're, you're, you're being a fake. You're being a phony in, in, in essence because an actor isn't really telling the truth. He's pretending. So it's one whose reality is not keeping with his or her sincerity. This is deep, I know, I know. And when you when you begin to lay this upon yourself and you're saying, I'm nothing like those scribes and the Pharisees of that day. But I can certainly see how you can, if you step back in all sincerity and let the Holy Spirit guide you, you can see how we fall into this trap continually and constantly. And we have to be so cautious in our walk, uh, in our faith, because hypocrites constantly play two parts for their own ends. They constantly play two parts for their own ends. Think about that. When we find fault with other people, we may believe that we're quite sincere. Really. Yet Jesus says in reality to us, he's calling them hypocrites, and when we're doing what those others did, Yet Jesus says, in reality, we are frauds. And my brothers and sisters, we can't get away from those penetrating words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We can't. How can we steer away from those if we step back and, re- and examine ourselves truthfully in the Spirit? Think about it. So that the next time we begin that process, we make sure that's not the path that we follow. And there is a difference between being critical and providing an assessment. And I've shared with you many times uh, in my position at the mission, I have to do assessments of people who come through our doors. I have to do assessments of of uh, job descriptions and, and job performances. And so there is a cautious walk of being critical. What is it that I'm saying when I'm doing a assessment of a job performance? It is a cautiousness there, isn't it? Because when I'm doing a job performance, it's supposed to be what I say If it's not everything is wonderful and there is no room for improvement, can you believe that we, any of us, in a job assessment, would any of us be able to say that ourselves, to ourselves, that we have no room for improvement? Could we be that bold? That's a cautious walk again. And so we cannot get away from those penetrating words of Jesus. And so if I see a speck in my brother's eye, why is Jesus saying that I see that speck? It's because I have a plank in my own. And can I say that I have a clear conscience that that's never been something that I've done? Oh, my gosh, I've never done that in my life. I've never been involved in that. Oh, my Lord, no, of course I have. Of course I've fallen into that trap. Am I done falling into that trap? 
I would love to say to you, oh, I will never do that again. But I can't say truthfully that that I might not. But my prayer daily, my hope is that I ask and trust Christ that what I lack in my strength and wisdom, that Jesus will provide it to me. Because if I step back and think that I can handle these things on my own, that they wouldn't happen again, then I am very, uh, very likely that I could run into an issue in that way. We're going to take a short break, and you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back after this. So what is Talk With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose, heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. South Jersey's talk station. News. I'm Paul Stevens. The U.S. and China pushing Russia to avoid a global food crisis and stop attacking Ukrainian grain shipments. Russia is waging war on the world's food supply. It is waging war on the poor at a time when needs are so dire. And you've heard that people are angry and people will die. U.S. Ambassador to the U.N. Linda Thomas-Greenfield, who also says Russia's been mining Ukrainian ports. The U.S. beating Vietnam 3-0 in FIFA Women's World Cup action. Midfielder Lindsey Horan scoring her team's third goal in the second half. The Call on Fox Sports. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. We'll see partly cloudy skies overnight. Expect an overnight low of 65. It will be less humid Saturday with times of clouds and sun. We'll reach a high Saturday of 87. Mainly clear skies for your Saturday night with a low of 64. Partly sunny Sunday. We'll reach a high Sunday of 90. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back to our program. And again, just thank you for tuning in. This is our third segment of today's program already. And it is a wonderful subject. It is the Sermon on the Mount. Um, this will be the end of this five-part series about the Sermon on the Mount. But certainly not won't be the end of our discussions in the future because there is so many wonderful things connected to that. Also called the Beatitudes. And uh, we're just discussing and sharing, you know, some of the most important features that we we tend to um, – missed often we say it we repeat it we and but then we end up doing the things that we say we shouldn't do and even peter said that even the apostle paul they all recognized that they were saying that they did things that they wished they didn't do 
You know, I'm, I'm Paul said that, you know, I'm finding myself doing these things and I don't want to do them. So they were with Jesus. You know, Jesus spoke to Paul, you know, uh, the rest of the apostles spent time with the with Christ while he was alive on this earth. And uh, but yet in being so close and seeing and touching and eating and hugging and kissing, we still even in the presence, we still withdrew and did things that we did not want to do, didn't we? So we, we still can get caught up in that. So that's why these things are so important to understand. And if you have any questions about today's program and you're just tuning in now, you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you would like a free Bible, you send me your name and your address to the email address of Saturday morning Dan Brown at yahoo.com. So please, I encourage you to get that free Bible and keep sending me those questions and comments and encouragements. I absolutely love them and thank you. Thank you so much. So we'll continue in our third segment of today, the divine disadvantage. And this is part five. And so, I left off kind of in the previous segment here today that hypocrites conspicuously play two parts for their own ends. And when we find fault in other people, um, we think we're quite sincere. We attempt to be quite sincere, and we might even convince ourselves that we're quite sincere, sincere in doing it. Yet Jesus says the reality of it is when we conduct ourselves this way, we are frauds. So we were down into that scripture of where we know, you know, if I see a speck in my brother's eye, it's because I have a plank in my own, right? And so this statement really hits home. And if I've let God, by his mighty grace, remove that plank from my own outlook, I will carry with me the implicit confidence that what God has done for me, he can easily do for you. There we, that's the wrap up of it, right? We keep wanting to point it out to other people, but yet we should be looking inwards at ourselves. We should be standing in that mirror and saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for removing that plank from my eye. And I'm going to say that again. If I have let God by his mighty grace remove that plank from my own outlook, I will carry with me, I will carry in my heart this confidence that what God has done for me, he will do for you. Because, my friends, you only have a splinter compared to me because I had a log. Ah. Yeah, that's a hard one to admit, isn't it? When you want to sit down and say that. Let us be realistic and truthful with God. Truthful in our prayers and understanding where we stand in this relationship between God, ourselves, and others. And so I share with you that this is the confidence God's salvation gives us. And we're so amazed at the way God has altered us that we can despair of no one. We can't let anyone get away. We want to share the goodness that God has put into our lives, 
right? By removing what was an obstacle to us instead of us thinking that we can somehow point out the obstacle to be removed by others. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that something? And so I know God can undertake for you. And this is the this is it. Because you're only a little wrong. But I was wrong to the remotest depths of my mind. Because somehow I believed, convinced myself that somehow you maybe have had a greater sin than me by, by trying to point it out. And again, when we do that, he reminds us we're trying to take the speck out of our brother when we have a log in our arm. We've got to keep going back to that. So it really, really sinks in. And I, when you're in this and you're doing this, we are mean. We can become prejudiced. We can become self-interest, self-seeking people. And in the end, God alters me. So that I can never despair of you or anyone else. Anyone. Think about that deeply. It is so important. Our Lord's statements save us from the fearful peril of spiritual conceit. Think about that. You want to think about all, you know, what conceit means. You know, we know what pride means. But there is a spiritual concept to all these things that allow us to go into realms that take us into places when we are not properly being guided by the Holy Spirit. We can make such huge mistakes and we can hurt others. We can almost drive them away unintentionally often, I'm sure. But I say this, God, I thank you that I am not like other men. Now, it's in Luke 18, 11. Think about that. That is what is called spiritual conceit when that was said. That's in Luke 18, 11. They also make us realize that why such a man as Daniel, remember Daniel in the Old Testament, bowed his head in vicarious humiliation and intercession. What did he do in Daniel 9.20? He continually confessed his sins and the sin of God's people. Think of that. Again, I'm going to share with you that that call, as Daniel has been called, comes every now and again to individuals and to nations. And brothers and sisters, I will tell you, there is no greater time in our nation's history than we are hearing this call right now, right this very moment. Right this very no moment, we are being called in this, not to judge, not to judge, not to be hypocritical, but to lift up, to love we can point out endlessly with words. We can constantly tell people what they should be doing. But if we ourselves are not doing what we proclaim, we're doing nothing. And I'm sad to say that that happens sometimes. I would like to believe it's not that often, but maybe it's more than we 
believe it is. We get lost in the political process. Jesus is our king. And God's kingdom is our home and our future. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. Yes, he said, I am a kingdom. I am a king and I have a kingdom. But it is not of this world. But that doesn't mean that this world is not going to become subjected to God's kingdom. And so the verse where it says, he will sit at the right hand of the Father until he makes his enemies his footstool. And there's a scripture that goes along with that is how beautiful are the feet of him. And so it pictures the feet of God's kingdom resting upon the earth. And so there is a part of a kingdom that is actually upon this earth. And that kingdom is coming about. Now we know there's scriptures that tell us that the kingdom is already here and is within us. But there will be a physical time when God's kingdom is established. And the new Jerusalem, the mother of us all, is pictured and seen as coming out of the heavens to be the capital. The throne place of God and his administration. And I will tell you, the leaders of this world do not want that. And they will do whatever they can within their power to dissuade you, to distract you from what is coming. So many of us hope and pray uh, that uh, there will be a point of where we're taken in bodily form away so that we don't have to experience the tribulation that will become upon the earth during that time. It does say there will be people, and those people, as they come through that tribulation, it says their robes will be made white. So they are God's people who will come through that tribulation. And my, I suggest that when we pray, that our prayers entail God's will being done in our lives. When we open ourselves in all phases of what we want, what we want should be God's will accomplished within our lives. Think about that. We're going to take a short break, and you're listening to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and we'll be right back after this. Please. Stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's talk station. Are you paying too much? When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. And welcome back to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I cannot believe it is the fourth segment of our program today already. Time really does go by when you're enjoying what you're doing and what you're sharing. And if you uh, like what you've heard, or maybe you have a question about today's program or a program from the past, or maybe even a subject that you'd like to hear us talk about in the future, please contact me at Saturday morning, Dan Brown, 
at yahoo.com. Let me repeat that because I think I said that incorrectly. It is Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Hopefully I haven't said that uh, wrong too many times. I apologize if I have. And if you've been trying to email and it's not been working, it's probably because I I misspoke. But the correct email address is Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. One more time. And if you'd like a free Bible, please send me your name and your address, and I will only use your information to get you that free Bible. It's a great modern translation, and um, it's a wonderful thing to read the scriptures, and I hope that uh, you will do that. So send me your name and your address. I commit to you that I won't use it for anything other than to send you that free Bible. Again, that email address for your questions, your comments, your encouragement, and also if you'd like a free Bible, is Saturday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. And again, thank you for tuning in this morning to Saturday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And as I said at the opening of this segment, here we are, fourth and final segment of this fine Saturday, the Divine Disadvantage Part 5. I mean, literally we have... Five hours we have had a discussion of the Sermon on the Mount. It is incredible. And it could, it could continue, honestly. It is such a powerful, um, you know, many times people will call them the Beatitudes, but it is such a powerful statement, as I've said so often, that is overlooked and read very quickly. And the beauty of what is said is appreciated, but it's not always digested because to properly understand what Jesus is sharing. And any of the scriptures throughout the ages that have been written in the Old and New Testament, to really have a discerning of what is being said there, you need to really be in prayer and and, and ask God for the Holy Spirit's guidance in discerning what is written, because it is not so often and clear as it appears. And... Um, and there's many uh, scriptures that say the Bible is written intently that way. But my hope is that you will pray and ask God to provide you with the wisdom and understanding to get the full impact of what he had these men writing down for our education and for our benefit and to lead us towards our Savior. Because the ultimate goal, as I will always talk about, the ultimate goal that we strive for is to have that in, intimate and so intimate relationship with the living, breathing Jesus Christ that sits at the right hand of the Father, as the scriptures say, until I make my enemies my footstool. So here we are, Matthew 7, right? Matthew 7, chapter 7, we're moving on, and sometimes... Christian grace is not always understood in, in the way that we should. But Christian grace, when it's taking hold of you, really encompasses the whole person. And I'm, I'm sure I've repeated this in the previous segments today, but it is just so important to hear these words. And in essence, here, here's the quote. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. 
Now, that particular quote I'm taking from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, verse 30. So, in essence, what it's saying, salvation means not only a pure heart, but an enlightened mind and a spirit right with God. But that the whole person, everything, it's not only these three things, but that the whole person is involved in the manifestation of God's marvelous power and grace. And so body, soul, and spirit are brought into this fascinating capacity with our Savior and our Lord Jesus Christ. And so the other interesting thing to follow with that is, therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. You Ponder these things and pray, pray to God to say, Lord, help me to have a deeper understanding and the fullest understanding of what I can in what you're saying in these passages, passages that you've had written for, for our benefit. That's, that's really crucial because so often, you know, we read the Bible like it's a contest. Well, I read this many chapters, this fit. Well, I read the entire Bible in three days. And so, um, yeah, that's great that you did that. But what did you digest? What did you take in? Uh, what uplifted you? What gave you a further education and more insight into what this relationship with God means and what he seeks from you? Mm, and what he gives to you. And so the measure of our growth in grace really is our attitude towards other people. That's what we've been talking about. We've been talking about our attitude towards other people. We've talked about judging. We've talked about being crucial. I don't think I need to go back over those things again, but so often you'll see, you know, this judging of other people and the lord says take the log out of your own eye before you take attempt to take the speck out of another person look at yourself first in anything you're doing judge yourself first if you're going to start somewhere so again the measure of our growth in grace and grace we love grace thank you god for the grace that you give us for without grace we would be nothing but the measure of our growth in grace is our attitude towards other people. And then we, so we see this scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus says, right? Matthew 19, 19. Also, he talks about Satan and wickedness coming in as an angel of light. In the appearance as telling the truth when the reality is it's not. And you can find that in 2 Corinthians Chapter 11, verse 14. And that says, but you must not think about yourself, right? You must not think about yourself. The Holy Spirit will make you think about yourself because that's his way of educating us to deal properly with others. So we learn about ourselves first as the Holy Spirit begins to deal with us. Remove the dross and the imperfections. We, we don't have the ability to remove those things ourselves, but the Holy Spirit does. And so that's what we seek. And so again, you must not think in that way, right? The Holy Spirit will make you think about yourself because that's his way of educating you 
how to deal properly with others. The Spirit makes us picture what you would be like other people to do to you. What would we like other people to do with us? And then he says to us, now go and do these things to them. So Matthew seven twelve really is our standards. It's what the Lord has given us as a standard for practical, ethical conduct. Even the most pers- rational person who's trying to rationalize all this, this is God's way of giving us a standard for practical, ethical conduct. Imagine that. So whatever you want men to do to you, you do also to them. Never look for the right in the other person, but never cease to be right yourself. So we always look for justice in this world, but there is no such thing as justice, not the kind of justice that's needed. And so Jesus essentially says, never look for justice, but never cease to give it. And so really when we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount, It concludes with this epilogue. This is important. It's a descriptive note by the Holy Spirit describing how the people who heard Christ, who heard Christ, how they were impressed by his doctrine. And its application for us is not what would Jesus do, but rather what did Jesus say? And as we concentrate on what he said, we can stake our souls upon his words. Oh, yes, we can. We can stake our souls upon his words. And it's not a question. It's a question not of sentimental consecration, but of spiritual concentration. Think about that. And so when Jesus brings something home by his word, don't shirk it. Don't put it aside. Don't put it off. For example, if you remember something against your brother uh, or something your brother has against you, some debt or something that presses on you, if you shirk it and you put it aside and you don't address it, honestly, brothers and sisters, it becomes a religious fraud. And listen to me, the Holy Spirit's gentle voice, his voice is like a breeze. And the the most merest check, when you hear it, do you say, but that's only a tiny detail? Because if you do, the Holy Spirit cannot mean that, that it's too trivial, not at all. The Holy Spirit does mean that, and at the risk of being thought fanatical, You really do need to obey. And so we find ourselves beginning to talk and move in the right way. And so with God, we will find the spirit of self-vindication will be on earth. And so trying to fulfill what Jesus says really will bring it to light. But what does matter, What anyone thinks of us, as long as Jesus Christ thinks we're doing the right thing. What will anything in life matter, my friends, unless we hear Christ say, well done, my good and faithful servant. God bless you. Until next time.